RTHK, the news at 11 with Andrew Shirovsky. Tonight's headlines, Exco approves fare increases of more than 50% for the Star Ferry. The chief executive, John Lee, says he's against setting up an independent inquiry into the handling of the COVID outbreak. And developers raise concerns about transport overload in Kaitak if the government pushes ahead with plans for light public housing there. Excuse me. The Executive Council has approved fare increases of more than 50% for the Star Ferry. An upper deck voyage for adults on weekdays between Central and Chimsachoy will go up from $3.20 to $5. Kelly Yu reports. The new fares take effect on April the 3rd. For weekend and public holiday rides on the upper deck, the fare will climb from $4.20 to $6.50. Lower deck rides will also be more expensive, rising from $2.60 to $4 on weekdays and from $3.60 to $5.60 on the weekend and public holidays. And a trip between Chim Sha Chui and Wan Chai will go up from $3.20 to $5. Elderly people who currently get to ride a ferry for free will have to pay $2 per trip. Star Ferry had sought to double its fares, but the government says it decided to lower the rate of increase, having taken into consideration factors such as the company's financial position and public affordability. Chief Executive John Lee says he's against setting up an independent inquiry into the handling of the COVID outbreak. A government pandemic advisor, Yung Kok Yung, last week called for such an inquest, saying they are important to learn and make better preparations for the next pandemic. But speaking through an interpreter, Mr. Lee told reporters that officials would review their response to be prepared for future challenges. Over the past seven months, we have taken stock of our experience and we have been enhancing our measures. These measures will help us meet future challenges. Handling any pandemic will require adapting to the circumstances. I can toss around a hundred plans today, but then something new comes up tomorrow, and that will call for new plans. The Center for Health Protection says 361 people have tested positive for COVID through PCR tests, but it stressed this doesn't represent all COVID cases in Hong Kong. The center also says that 15 more people with COVID have died. The head of the Real Estate Developers Association, or RIDA, has expressed concern about transport overload in Kai Tak if the administration pushes ahead with light public housing there. The government plans to build 10,700 temporary flats on Olympic Avenue near the Kai Tak MTR station. Damon Pang reports. Stuart Lung spoke out after attending a regular RIDA meeting. He told reporters that while developers generally welcomed the idea of building short-term public housing because of the high demand for homes, he's worried about the impact of the extra population on the area. He said Kai Tak Station may be overloaded as several private developments on the former airport sites are almost complete. So our only worry is transport, whether it will jam up the entire Kaitak district. The government has told us that they have some solution to a degree. In this aspect, we think as the government has made this promise, especially that the government has a need for temporary housing, it's impossible for us to oppose this. The Kaitak site is one of eight earmarked to build some 30,000 light public flats at an estimated cost of $26.4 billion. The government is to seek funding for the projects from the legislature in phases. 
Papers submitted to LegCo confirm that the total sum sought by the Housing Bureau is $950 million less than initially planned due to improvements in construction methods, as well as the stripping of air conditioners and an exhaust fan from each light public housing flat. In a fresh sign, the mainland economy is on the mend. Manufacturing activity returned to growth in December. Figures from the National Bureau of Statistics showed the Purchasing Managers Index, or PMI, shot up to 501 one from 47.0, the 50% mark, separates contraction from expansion. The non-manufacturing PMI also did well, surging to 54.4 from 41.6. Both indices had previously shown the economy to be contracting since September. And now the weather, mainly cloudy, minimum temperature tomorrow, 17 degrees in the urban areas, a couple of degrees lower in the new territory, sunny intervals during the day, with a maximum temperature of around 21. Windier in the following couple of days, cool with a few rain patches on Friday and Saturday. Temperature right now is 18 degrees Celsius, relative humidity 65%. You're listening to RTHK. The time is 5 minutes past 11. The Hong Kong Federation of Education Workers has urged the government to increase subsidies to kindergartens by between 20 and 40 percent. It wants to dole out more money per child because the number of preschoolers has plunged this year, as Lung Pak Hei reports. Nancy Lam from the group says many kindergartens are struggling financially because government subsidies are calculated on the basis of how many children they have. She said the numbers enrolled this school year have dropped by 25 percent. Many kindergartens are facing a loss of students because of the falling birth rate, the effects of the COVID-19 pandemic and emigration. Our survey shows that they lost one-fourth of their students on average this year. We hope the government can recognize how serious this problem is. Ms. Lam said 60% of the 229 kindergartens that responded to the Federation's survey last December said they would have to cut staff after the government stopped issuing grants intended to help schools survive the pandemic. As well as an increase in per-child subsidies, the Federation also wants the administration to provide additional subsidies to each kindergarten every year. It also wants officials to relax rules for kindergartens that are seeking to increase fees, saying the regulations have made it difficult for struggling schools to bring in more cash. Overseas now, at least 100 people are now known to have been killed in yesterday's suicide bomb attack at a mosque in the Pakistani city of Peshawar. Emergency teams recovered more bodies overnight from the rubble. Many of those who died were policemen praying inside the mosque in what's supposed to be a secure part of the city. Ashraf Ali, who runs a blood donation organization, described the mood in Peshawar. I, along with my family and all the citizens, are in deep trauma. People are scared here, living in fear and pain. Everyone is worried about uh, what's going to happen next because it was a long journey from terrorism to tourism in Peshawar. And now again, Peshawar has been badly affected with terrorism. So here, uh, people in Peshawar are scared and uh, not in mood to go out uh, to enjoy with their families. Security has been stepped up in the capital, Islamabad, but no group has admitted carrying out the attack. Police chiefs in the U.S. city of Memphis say more officers could face disciplinary measures over the fatal beating of Tyree Nichols. It's emerged that seven officers have already been implicated. Five are facing murder charges. A sixth has been sacked and another suspended. Mr. Nichols was punched, kicked, and hit with a baton after being pulled over for an alleged 
traffic offense earlier this month. His family wants stronger action to be taken against the police. The BBC's David Willis has more details. The Memphis Police Department suggested that further disciplinary measures could follow in line with his family's calls for further arrests. And they make the point that there were other officers present at the time who didn't intervene to prevent Mr Nichols' beating and that they are just as culpable as those who threw the blows. And on Saturday, it was announced that the police department is disbanding the unit to which many of these officers belonged. More than 600 people have been charged with domestic violence in Australia following a four-day police operation. Illegal weapons and drugs were also seized in New South Wales. The BBC's Phil Mercer sent this report from Sydney. Some of the most wanted domestic violence offenders in New South Wales were targeted in Operation Amarok 1. More than 1,100 charges have been laid. Drugs and weapons, including knuckle dusters and swords, were seized. One in five Australians have reported physical or sexual domestic violence. The perpetrators are mostly men. The United Nations said the abuse of women in Australia was disturbingly common, but experts believe the scale of the problem is similar to other developed countries. Thousands of people are demonstrating in France against plans to raise the age at which people can retire. The French government insists its pension reforms are economically necessary. The BBC's Hugh Schofield reports. Here in Paris, most metro and commuter train services are down and primary schools, post offices and the city hall are all shut. The unions, backed by the left-wing opposition and with the far right lending their voice separately, all accuse the government of provoking the disruption by failing to heed the popular will. But President Macron and Prime Minister Elisabeth Bourne both insist that while peripheral parts of the reform are still negotiable, the crux, pushing back the age at which one can start to draw a state pension from 62 to 64 is not. The International Monetary Fund has forecast that the UK will be the only leading economy to slide into recession this year. That came as it marked the third anniversary of its official departure from the European Union. It also follows recent polls that suggest growing unhappiness in the UK about the way Brexit has turned out. But in a statement to mark the anniversary, Prime Minister Rishi Sunak said Britain has taken huge strides in taking advantage of the opportunities opened up by it leaving the EU. But what of relations with the bloc itself? The BBC's Katya Adler has this assessment. It's three years since Brexit. Though don't forget, the UK stayed in the EU single market and customs union for a further 11 months. And relations with the EU are only now defrosting. Despite agreeing a new trade and cooperation deal, mistrust and acrimony ran deep after those tortuous Brexit negotiations. And the separate Brexit treaty the then Prime Minister Boris Johnson signed with Brussels on Northern Ireland, controversial and never fully implemented, remains a festering wound to this day. Though both sides now say they could maybe be approaching a deal soon. The energy crisis and Russia's invasion of Ukraine has drawn the UK and European allies closer too, both inside NATO and over sanctions against Moscow. This bigger picture has reminded the EU and the UK that they are still neighbours with much in common.
And the IMF has upgraded its global growth forecast and predicted that inflation has passed its peak. World economic growth is now expected to reach 2.9% this year. China's GDP growth, meanwhile, is tipped to hit 5.2%, up from 4.4% forecast previously. But the IMF's chief economist, Pierre-Olivier Gonchas, warned that risks remain. Overall, the risks remain tilted to the downside. China's recovery could stall caused by greater-than-expected economic disruptions from waves of COVID infections. Inflation could remain stubbornly high with continued labor market tightness and growing wage pressures requiring tighter monetary policies. The American oil giant ExxonMobil has reported record annual profits of just over $55 billion. Exxon has benefited from soaring oil and gas prices caused by the fighting in Ukraine and from Western efforts to switch away from Russian supplies. Foreign Minister Qin Gang wants to build stronger ties with Saudi Arabia and set up a China Gulf free trade zone as soon as possible. That's according to a statement published by the Foreign Ministry in Beijing. Todd Harding has the details. Mr. Chin, who has just recently named to head up China's foreign affairs, made the suggestion in a telephone call with his Saudi counterpart. The statement said he told Prince Faisal bin Farhan al Saud that Beijing highly appreciates the kingdom's consistent and firm support on issues involving China's core interests. He said the side should further expand cooperation on economy, trade, energy, infrastructure, investment, finance and high technology. In addition, Mr Chin pressed for continuously strengthening the China Gulf Strategic Partnership and building the China Gulf Free Trade Zone as soon as possible. The Foreign Ministry statement said Prince Faisal told Mr Chin that Saudi Arabia regards relations with China as an important cornerstone of foreign relations and that it fully adheres to the One China principle. Sports News Now, Australian rugby coach Eddie Jones says his immediate goal is to win the World Cup in France later this year. Jones this week began his second stint as the Wallabies coach, replacing David Rennie. And if you look at world rugby at the moment, there's six teams not separated by, by a, a cigarette paper. Yeah, they're, they're so tight, and the team that learns the most over the next nine months will be the team that lifts the... Uh, William Webb Ellis Trophy that stud the France on the 28th of October at about 11pm. And we're intending that to be us. Argentina football star Lionel Messi has revealed that he received so many social media messages after winning the World Cup in December, he had trouble accessing his account. Messi said at one stage he had more than a million messages on Instagram, and his profile was blocked for a few days. A picture of Messi lifting the World Cup trophy in Qatar quickly became the most liked Instagram post ever, with more than 70 million likes. And a reminder of our top stories tonight, Exco approves fare increases of more than 50% for the Star Ferry. Chief Executive John Lee says he's against setting up an independent inquiry into the handling of the COVID outbreak, and developers raise concerns about transport overload in Kaitak if the government pushes ahead with plans for light public housing there. And that's the news, sports and weather from RTHK. RTHK It's twilight time Out of the mist your voice is calling Tis twilight time When purple colored curtains Mark the end of day 
Oh 